Hey guys, thanks for tuning into Mass's World this week. Instead of asking you to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast, I'm just going to ask you to share it with at least one friend. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Here's a message from our sponsors. Hey guys, welcome into this episode of Mass's World. Today we're going to be discussing my wife and I's recent trip to Alaska. She is the guest on the show today, my wife, Ann Massad. Hey, everyone. Um, And so I just want to jump right in because we've been getting a lot of questions about it. Ann's Instagram has been really cool. She has a cool posted story to her Instagram profile of Alaska, but it was a really special trip for her and I, and um, we had a lot of fun. So without further ado, we're going to jump on. Um, I'm going to start by outlining the show a little bit um, and tell you about our cruise. We went on a seven-day cruise on the Holland America line to Alaska. Um, We left out of the port city of Seattle. Um, We hit four cities, had three at-sea days, and we had an incredible time. It was amazing. So beautiful. So beautiful. And kind of how we're going to outline this is we're going to talk about the best of the port cities, the best of the at-sea days, and then um, best of the food, of course, and then tips um, if you ever wanted to do a cruise um, with your family or uh, with your friends. So, Like I said, we're going to jump in. We're going to start with Juneau. This was the first city that we um, jumped into, and it was gorgeous. It was unreal. I think something with Alaska that I keep telling people is there's just so much land that has not been overpolluted or overpopulated, and it's just breathtaking, and Juneau was no exception to that. No doubt. And so Juneau is the biggest geographical city in the United States. Um, It only has 40 miles of road and there's only two ways to get into Juneau, which none of them are driving. Um, So you either have to fly in and they have an airport there and Alaska Air flies there, or I guess you could seaplane, or you could boat in um, with a cruise line or with a boat of your own. Um, There are also about 34 thousand people in Juneau, which seems very small for a capital city. And there are about 32,000 bald eagles. So the it's almost a one-to-one ratio of <laughs> bald eagles to humans. Um, but I want to talk about the Mindenhall Glacier. So in Juneau, we got in a helicopter. We flew to the Mindenhall Glacier or over it, mm-hmm. um, over the mountains of Alaska. Which that was an adventure in itself. I would say if we, we kept saying, you know, if we had only just done the helicopter ride, um, it still would have been incredible. Yeah, but we actually got to do a little bit more. We got to the top of the glacier and we got to dog sled or mush mush dogs. Or dog mushing. Dog mushing. Um, and that was incredible. And that was on the top of a mountain. And the unique thing is, is there's about 20 people up there who take care of the dogs, who... Mm-hmm. Um, live up there for four or five months at a time. And there's a chef, or I wouldn't say a chef, <laughs> chef. a cook. Uh-huh. And they live in these tents. And essentially, they don't have plumbing. They don't have, they have porta potties. They have porta potties. Um, we got a beautiful picture with the glacier with the porta potty in the background. <laughs> I think that was your dad. Your dad took that one, I think. Yeah, he did. Um, it's okay, dad. We, we got a lot of great pictures. <laughs> but. Yeah, they just they they 
cook um there's one person on staff who cooks for them and because someone has to watch these dogs i would say there's probably i mean almost 100 dogs almost 100 dogs that are out there and they all have um little igloo type kennel uh things and they're all attached to them and um they have their bowls and they kind of have like a 10 foot radius around their igloo um, and it was really funny. Some of the dogs were like sitting on top of their igloo. Or... Some of them were playing with their bowls and we'll get into, I'm sure talking about the dogs. Yeah. And they were, they were really cute and cool. But so back to the helicopter, we, we flew over for about 20 minutes, just mountains in a helicopter and a helicopter gives a phenomenal view because there's so many, um, you can look out so many different directions and, um, and they can fly really closely over the mountain and it's yeah. and through the mountains and I was watching the the altitude meter on the helicopter and at one point we were about 500 feet from the mountain that was below us and we're just I mean it is just gorgeous uninhabited un, uh, land mm-hmm. that's never been touched by humans just snow that is I mean pure white, white. <laughs> that's all you see just these these mountains covered in in just these white sheets of snow just gorgeous, and if you want to see what we're talking about, either Google it or look on Ann, Ann's Instagram at uh, Ann Massad. Mm-hmm. I um, think you also did. You also I, I did some. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I pinned the story though. I, I'm not good at it. Um, but it was just beyond that. It was unbelievable. Then so we get to the dog sledding camp, and they kind of teach us how to um, mush the dogs, and we have like a, a lead person, obviously. And his name was Michael, and he got 10th in last year's I Did a Rod. So he does this professionally. Which, if any of you all don't know what that is. Yeah, the I Did a Rod is a dog mushing race um, that's how, how hundreds miles? of miles. It's, it's somewhere in between, I want to say 900. I think it's in between 500 and 900. But it's like a grueling trip, and you're going about 13 miles per hour with these dogs mm-hmm. pulling you the whole They're time. They're so strong. And these dogs are made to work work and run uh-huh. like that's what they live for and they're huskies but they're not like when i think husky they're not I siberian think, huskies yes i think of the siberian husky um but they are true huskies i forget i think they're called a lot i think they're they're bred in a lot i think they're called alaskan huskies mm-hmm. um and it's so cute so they were so excited to run because beforehand i was like oh man you know how much do these dogs really like running for all these miles yeah, is this inhumane yes yeah and they're, they're in a colder condition and and living on this glacier and but they were so happy and so in their element and it was you could just tell that this is what they were created to do created to do um like we would be we would be sitting in our in the little sled or what have you whatever the technical word for it is and and it wouldn't be time to go yet and these dogs um, are like trained up and our musher he would he would tell them when it's time to go and but when they were stopped they would be like barking like pulling jumping so excited they just wanted to to run and at one point it was so funny so ryan i think i was i was leading the pack you were leading the pack and and what they have is these sleds have essentially brakes that you stand on so it pushes down into the snow and ryan with his full weight i was standing on the sled and so was the 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 head musher who was in the sled in front of me was standing on with his full full weight and these dogs just they must have been like communicating because they just (laughs) 
one second they weren't supposed to go, but they went on without and, command, and it popped me off the brake. And like, luckily, I was agile enough to like kind of land on the the sled uh-huh. and and like kind of ride along with them. But the dog musher wasn't happy. No, and he was like, "Stop!" And he talked in a voice like this. He was like, mm-hmm. "Enough!" And the dog stopped. And we had to make them sit for a little bit. And they're, again, they're just amped up to... They're just so excited and it's so cute. It is so cute. Like we flew into the glacier and dog, they're all linked up with their little dog shoes on. And they're just bouncing <laughs> up and down, barking, like ready like, to just go. run. Like, let's go. What are we waiting on? Um, and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And we actually, not only was the dog musher, um, not only did he place 10th in the Iditarod, but that was the team. Yeah, that we we rode with of the A-team. dogs. Yeah. yeah, so those dogs, um, you know, of course, ours was going slowly, and the purpose wasn't to race. It was we were going about ten miles, eight to ten miles per hour, instead of like thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for these dogs to see these other groups pass them by. Oh yes, um, it was hilarious. Like they didn't understand. Like they they're born to win. Mm-hmm. And they're so competitive. It's, they're so competitive, and it kind of funny thing. It's like. When you're racing, it's like they just go to the bathroom like while they're <laughs> racing, and it, you get some uh, not so fun smells. But it, I mean, it was just it was unbelievable to watch. Just they have to pee as they go. They have to go number two as they go. It's just like it's just hilarious. And um, just to see how these guys live, I was I was asking him into depth questions. I'm like, so how do you eat when you're racing? And he had this like heater in his sled, and he makes a bunch of food to go, and he heats it up, mm-hmm. and he kind of he said his break is when he's riding. And when they stop, um, that's when he has to take care of the dogs and his mm. job really, really begins. Um, and it was just incredible. The dogs were cute, sweet. There were two that didn't like... They were a little more introverted is what yeah. they said. But they were... It, so they have so many dogs, so they have to get really creative with the dog names. So each dog litter will have a theme. Like one was... Um, one was... Tropical storms, essentially. Yeah. So there was what Nina, like, Nina, tornado, cyclone, mm-hmm. yeah, and all these names. Like one was randomly um, Capasa. Capasa, yeah. But there, like the litters were na- were themed, mm-hmm. and it was it's just cool how they do it. And um, not sure I would ever be a, a musher, um, but it was no. it was really cool to kind of be a part of that culture for a day and incredible and this one was definitely one of our pricier tours but 100% i think we we'd both agree that it was it was a once in a lifetime yeah. adventure that we're never going to get to do probably ever again and yeah. so definitely definitely worth every every penny it was it was special um, we're going to move on our next we're going to talk about the days at sea um, and after Juno, we went to Glacier Bay, and we had the luxury of being in a veranda, um, which we had our balcony. We weren't just looking out a window, which was really cool because we didn't have to go brave the crowd up at the top of the boat. Mm-hmm. We were already on the eighth floor, which was pretty high, and Glacier Bay was just gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's it's be- a national park. Mm-hmm. And it was between Juno and then Sitka, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's. I mean, the name gives it away. It's it's a bay of glaciers. And because we went in May, in the later part of May, it was a little more, I would say, 
there weren't as many like iced over glaciers. Right. There was a lot of green as well. Yeah, and it was really, really pretty how it kind of mixed in. And now that I think about it, I think it was like it's a it's a bay that you kind of go into and circle right. back around mm-hmm. and then you head to Sitka. That's right, yeah. And the water was like the prettiest shade of turquoise because of the melted glacier. I mean, it was, I can't even um, just, I can't even rightly explain right. how it was breathtaking. It was breathtaking. And we have some really cool video footage. Um, I thought the coolest part was the wildlife. And, and what Holland America did a really good job, I'm sure um, all cruises do this type of thing, but they brought on someone that works for the National um uh, or that works for Glacier Park, Glacier Bay National Park. And they were on the microphone all day, and they if they saw a bear, they'd say, hey, 12 o'clock, or 1 o'clock is a mm-hmm. bear, you know, on the right side or the port, or starboard side. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not well-versed <laughs> in, in boating. Um, but it was just really cool, and, and we ended up seeing whales, sea otters. We saw like 100 sea otters, dolphins, bald eagles, uh, black bear, mm-hmm. a brown bear, and it was just really, really cool to see them. Oh, goats. Oh, uh, billy goats billy, or mountain goats. Mountain goats, yeah. <laughs> to see them in their element. And um, I mean, it was just, it's hard to explain and pictures don't do it justice. Mm-hmm. But pictures is all we got. And we have some videos and some cool panoramas if you want to, if you want to, um, again, check out Anne's Instagram. She has a really cool pin story with a lot of that stuff on it. And it was just gorgeous. I loved the day at sea. Um, it was so fun. Yeah, we wake up, get the room service, kind of chill in our um, veranda. We played a lot of gin, uh, <laughs> gin rummy, and it was just a, it was just great. And, and the veranda really enhanced it, I think, because it was Absolutely. a little more private. Because um, our boat wasn't that big, but being on a cruise ship for seven days, you start to feel like it's extremely crowded. And um, you see like the same people, and yeah. like, you kind of do the like your routine kind of follows someone else's routine and it's funny Mm -hmm. and so i think having our having your own veranda and just spot where you don't it's just one less thing that you have to think about so yeah it was it was really special um moving on to the city of sitka sitka is a city that was once um owned by the russians all of alaska was um but this city in particular was of high Russian influence and high Russian culture. And um, America ended up buying Alaska for $7 million and $200,000. million, $200,000. Such a bargain. And such a bargain now when you think of some of the houses like around our city. Um, But anyways, we went to Sitka and we went on a, um, we went to the Tongass National Forest and we went on a hiking tour. And this is a little out of, um, I'm not going to say out of the element, just out of the norm. We wanted to do something that we wouldn't normally do. Um, and this this was a really, really special um, little hike. It was actually pretty cost effective. And it's very history enriched and very, um, they talked a lot about rainforests and, mm. and habitats and plants and trees and which isn't typically my forte, but I felt like I got a ton out of it. Um, walking through the rainforest itself was incredible. Um, just such amazing pictures. And you see where some of the art people have up in their house. It clearly comes from 
places like Alaska. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just kind of what I picture it as is just like we just got some incredible pictures there. And one thing was that was cool is we had I think a high schooler of what was he sixteen? He was like a he was junior. A freshman. Yeah, no, he was a freshman. A freshman in yeah. high school at Sitka High School, and he was um, he was kind of a guide in training or helping the guide or whatnot. And he was telling us about his high school experience, and it was so interesting. He talked about what, like he, what did he do? He played basketball, he played and basketball swimming. and swimming, and and instead of taking a bus to the games, you fly to the games and then stay with someone on the opposing team. Which is so... Which I can't imagine playing a game against someone and then going to their house, eating dinner, and sleeping at their house. And just... I don't know. Just the the, the life's just a little bit different mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Um, but they're all, they're all pretty good friends through this, you know, through the way that they have to play and compete because Alaska isn't that... It's the different cities it's, in Alaska. It's not like the it's lower 48. That's how, yes. they, that's how they explained it. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. And so they they built these great friendships with people of from all different schools, which was really really interesting to hear. Yeah, and not only that, just the they want instead of cars, they wanted a boat. Um, you know, to uh, mm-hmm. this kid was talking about. I, I don't want a car. Birthday. I want I want a boat. So right. me and my friends can go hunt and go fish for the day in the summer. And it's just culture is just different up there. Um, even within America, it's it's still it's still very different, and some learning a little bit about that was one of my one of my favorite parts. Getting to know that kid Wes, mm-hmm. um, which was he went to Sitka High School. It was really really cool. And then we also went to a restaurant in Sitka, which I we I know we have a um, best of the food, but it's just worth mentioning. It was called the West Mark Hotel, and the food was incredible. We'll talk about it a little bit more later down the road. Um, next we went from Sitka to Ketchikan and this was one of my favorite tours as well. Um, we got, we went on what's called a Zodiac tour and a Zodiac's a little inflatable boat. I would, I would liken it to a little like sports car almost on the the ocean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and we got to see some really cool things. We saw what a a whale from about 200 yards away. Mm -hmm. And we're in this tiny boat. So seeing a whale, and Ryan's driving it, so it's oh yeah, it's Ryan, myself, and then Ryan's dad, and then a few other boats, and then the guide is leading us all. So so like Ryan is driving our boat, and so to see a whale. When I first heard about this tour, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what if a a whale like flips on our boat or something? But it was it was obviously we had to keep a certain distance from the whale when we spotted it. Um, but still, it was so. It was just surreal because we were in this tiny boat and just you see off this, the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you see this giant, giant whale. Whale, and it was it was incredible. It was it was special. And then another thing that we got to see um, was we we pulled up to like the edge of the water and we saw some bald eagles. And our leader, who was in the zodiac in front of us, he stopped and said, "Get your cameras ready." And we were like, "Okay, what are you talking about?" He throws a tilapia in the middle of the ocean and these birds come full speed down bald eagles just come and snatch it up right in front of us and we got some really cool shots mm-hmm. and it was like just one swoop that's all it took for these for one bald eagle to get a whole fish of tilapia yeah and bald eagles are giant and they don't look that giant mm-hmm. um they have like a five or six foot wingspan and they're just 
they're majestic. Like, and, they're and, cool. And one thing that was super funny was the guide was telling us that when it's salmon season in Alaska, the bald eagles, they won't go for tilapia. Yeah, so they're, like, t- they're too good for <laughs> the it. The tilapia bait doesn't work when it's salmon season. So luckily, I don't think it was salmon season um, because they, they took the tilapia. But it was just funny to hear that they get picky with their with their choice of fish. They do get picky. Um, so the Zodiac tour was awesome. And all of this stuff, all these tours, we, we chose to do half days because we did want a slowed down trip, um, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I don't know, Ketchikan was beautiful. We also didn't get any rain one day in we Alaska. We really lucked out on weather. I know that's no rain is pretty rare for Alaska. Like it, it's a, it's think more extreme than Seattle. Like it rains more than 75, 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And we did, we were there for seven days and didn't get one mm-hmm. day of rain. We got some clouds like during Glacier Bay, but all of the stops that we had in the cities were gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, so that was incredible. Then we went to Victoria, which Victoria's Canada. It was our only Canadian stop. And we went on a, we kind of just, Walked around and kind of toured ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our boat wasn't there for very long, so our boat five our, hours. Yeah, our boat pulled in I think at six thirty p.m. in the evening, um, and so we were there for a a pretty quick, quick time. Yeah, and it was it was awesome. We just walked around. Um, we actually took like a forty five minute walk to downtown through Fisherman's Wharf. Um, saw this old um, Fairmont. Oh, yeah. That was just... It's beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Victoria uh, was just... Something that I was so blown away with was it's so it's so clean and well taken care of. Yeah. Um, and it seems so safe. And everyone there... I just... I really... I was really impressed. They have really pretty like old buildings like the Fairmont. Um, and they have gardens and it. It's just a clean place and people are nice it's not like a normal city and yeah it wasn't like it wasn't a lot of hustle and bustle there wasn't a lot of pollution you could breathe the air pretty pretty easily and fisherman's wharf was really cool and um you could tell it was a dog heavy city Mm -hmm. Uh, you saw tons of people out walking their dogs and it was is it's fairly it's very americanized i would yeah i would i would go back i think that would we said that would be a fun trip for us to take. Just down go the to road. Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we do that. And we also stopped to get um, some food at a at a oh local poutine store, which I was like, Dad, we need to open a franchise of this in, in Dallas near a college campus. This would kill. Um, it was called Beaver Tales, and it was it was amazing. So um, with that, I'm going to segue into food. So we'll just start with with Beaver Tales. Mm-hmm. We got poutine, which is a Canadian. Um, and we talked about this on our Disney podcast. Um, it's a Canadian appetizer, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's French fries, gravy, and cheese curds. And it's just it's it is so good. Outstanding. Yeah. It's, and, and we, of course, compared it to Disney's version of poutine. And while Disney's was amazing, this was better. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked up, like, we walked right off the boat. And there's this, like, informational little center. And I went up to the lady. And I was like, hey... Where can we find poutine? <laughs> and uh, she gave me two options, and one was an Irish pub, and I'm like, I'm sure they serve great poutine, but it's, it's Irish. Like, I, I want the the Canadian experience of it. So, that was awesome. Then, um, like I promised, we'd talk about earlier. We went to the Westmark Hotel restaurant in Sitka. In Sitka, and 
I got halibut fish and chips, which is like a level up of fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't it wasn't cod. Mm-hmm. It was halibut, and it was phenomenal. My dad got oysters, and we got clam chowder. You got a burger. I got a burger, which was phenomenal. Yeah, we got spinach chip. We just kind of went all out at this place and um, the Westmark. So if you're ever in Sitka, go to the Westmark. And that that high school kid was like, "Dude, you got to go to the Westmark mm-hmm. if you're going to eat at Sitka." And I was like, "Done." We're- and it, it it when I walked in. I was like, oh, this is yeah. There's like bear skins on the wall everywhere. (laughs) It's more of like a lodgy feel when I think of a west, like a Westmark, or when I think of a hotel restaurant, I think a little bit more like upscale, um, upscale. And so when you walk in, you may be a little taken back because it is like much more of a lodge feel. But their food was awesome. No, food was so good. So we're gonna kind of move to the food on the boat, Um, and you had what? Five restaurants. You have the dining room, the Lido Market, and you could eat at those when they were open for free mm-hmm. at any time. The Lido Market was the all-you-can-eat buffet, like their casual. Open, open all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, always had sandwiches out, and you could always get coffee and water and stuff like that. And then the dining room was kind of the... Um, the nicer, the nicer sit down. Yeah, the nicer sit down room. That's where if you've ever been on a cruise, where you go every night and you sit. Yeah, and, and there's like gala nights, and you have to mm-hmm. dress up for them. We didn't want to like dress up every night, so we went to some of the other restaurants on the boat, and there was three other ones: the Pinnacle Grill, Canaletto, and Tamarind. Pinnacle Grill was kind of like a steakhouse, and we had that a few nights, and it was it was awesome. You got crab legs, what? Twice, three times. Uh, three, three times. Yeah, it was so good. And um, and one thing too worth mentioning is these are all restaurants, Holland America restaurants. So they're the ones that we're talking about will be available. They're all available on all Holland America boats. Right, and that that's what we were told at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess we'll just start with the Pinnacle Grill. I'm I'm big into steak if you know me at all. So I got a steak just about every single night. Um, and I'd usually get steak and scallops. Actually, for my appetizer, I'd get bacon. Like it was just like crispy bacon, oh and they bring it out, and it was like hanging. Um, it it's, was really cool. You should put that on your story, just okay. or something, so people can look at it. Because that was that was awesome. It was so and funny. Then, um, I'd get a steak, and they had this bread, and it was you could make it at home, but it was like we looked forward to the bread as much as anything. <laughs> it was a French baguette. Opened up with thyme and... Thyme seasoning cheese. What cheese was it? Was it mozzarella? Yes. Mozzarella and then garlic. And it was like toasted. And it was so good. So the cheese it was seems really simple. It was, it was really good. It was really good. Love that. And you got the crab legs. Mm-hmm. I got the scallops and I got the steak. And then their French. we got side of french fries, which were amazing. Yeah, it was... It was special that we got to eat there a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of an upcharge, but I felt like it was worth it. Yeah. Just a little more laid back um, yeah. atmosphere than, say, the dining room. The dining room is like kind of a bum rush, and so is Lidl Market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Then Canaletto was the Italian place on board, which was really good. It is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Pinnacle, mm-hmm. but I thought they had the best dessert there. Yeah, Ryan, you definitely fell in love with their dessert. Oh, and going back to Pinnacle Grill. Oh, the definitely dessert, the worth, souffle. Yes, worth mentioning. They had the, an amazing chocolate souffle. So yeah. Pinnacle Grill, chocolate souffle. 
So good. And then, yeah, Canaletto. What was the dessert you got there? Think like a Reese's peanut butter cup, only with like a milk chocolate, dark chocolate thing with like a Nutella cream on top. It was just really chocolatey. Chocolate it was more, really, really chocolatey, yeah. but it was, I fell in love with it. I only, I only got it. I didn't get it the first night that we went. And then I got it the second night and I was like, okay, I would come back just for the dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, main courses, not as good as Pinnacle Grill. No. Um, I didn't think it was necessarily worth the upcharge. Agreed. Um, but it was, I mean, it wasn't bad by no. any means. Um, I got lasagna one night and I got their steak one night and it, it was okay. I had their jumbo shrimp one night. That was their special and it was really good. Um, but then the other night I got one of their pasta dishes and... I wasn't super impressed. And I think the service just wasn't great. We were a little turned off by that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, y'all, y'all know when that happens. It's just not the most fun thing. Then um, Tamarind, which Tamarind was the Asian-inspired restaurant on the boat. It was really cool because it was on the 11th floor. It was really high up in the boat. And so it had an awesome view. Awesome view. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got Sticky Ribs. Um, and I got what is it, rice and uh, braised pork belly, and it was awesome. And you got sushi, yeah, which was good. And you I, loved this place. It, I really did. I liked the service, and it was nice that too, just to get amazing. a mix up with food because we had been going, which we love the Pinnacle Grill, but it was nice to get a different, um, different type of food. And yeah, I got the sushi, but I forget it was the. Tempura, sh- something lobster tempura. It was something that I wasn't raw because I can't Eat right raw now because yeah. I'm pregnant. So, um, but it was so good and and the service there was incredible. The people that worked there were so kind and nice. Um, and so I think that's that also just it enhanced, enhanced the yeah. experience for us. Yeah. Um. So that was really cool. That was the best of the food. Um. Eating breakfast at the Lido Market, or the dining room, sorry, the dining room breakfast, I wanted to hit on that. I got banana French toast, which was so good. You got... Waffles with strawberry Belgian compote. Waffles. Mm-hmm. And it was just, breakfast was a little more laid back in the dining room. And breakfast overall is just laid back. Yeah. We did do room service a couple times for breakfast. Um, and we just did cereals because yeah. it's really easy to get carried away and eat everything in sight on a cruise. Mm. Apparently, the average is you gain five pounds um, and... I was definitely on par, um, <laughs> unfortunately, but it it was great. The food, I was overall, I was very impressed with the food. Yeah, I was too. Holland America did a really good job with that. I have been on a Royal Caribbean. I thought the Holland American food, me too, was better. Because you never know with cruises. I too have been on a Royal Caribbean, and you know, with the all you can eat, you just never know what you're gonna get. And um, we heard that Holland America's food was good, and it it definitely lived up to to its reputation no doubt so to round this show off we're going to give you a couple tips um first tip is get a veranda uh i would say save up another year to get a veranda than going now and getting just a room with a window right Mm -hmm. the veranda was enhanced and you kind of just got some privacy because when you go up to the top deck there was always 50 or 60 people up there and you're fighting for the space on the railing mm-hmm. and I, we're not very tall so yeah and it's too cold really or for me at least to go outside on the the deck so yeah so uh definitely get a veranda 
get the veranda below or after or below. How do I explain this? Get the room. Make sure whatever. You get the second highest veranda. Yeah. yeah. So make sure the room that you get is not below the dining or the the Lido Market. So the Lido Market is basically the long. It's like open all the time. It's it's closed for maybe three hours a day. One hour increments spread mm-hmm. out throughout the day. It's closed. But we were on the eighth floor and the Lido Market was on the ninth. So every morning And it around, opened at like 5.30. <laughs> and people on cruises, they like their food, us included. So every morning at like 6 a.m., we'd be sound asleep. And then all of a sudden hear like chairs screeching on the floor and like i mean it was loud it was so loud i can't like it it i'm not like a light sleeper by Mm -mm. any means yeah me neither and it woke both of us up um yeah so we got a lot of beautiful sunrises thanks to the (laughs) lido market um we definitely wanted to sleep a little bit and we got some days of sleep yes absolutely but um if we had to do it again we would get it on the seventh floor not Mm -hmm. the eighth floor yeah so just uh, look up look up the ship and like see where the restaurant is and if there's a veranda above it i'd go above it mm-hmm. if there's a veranda below it i would not stay on that floor yeah go two floors i would below. sacrifice 10 feet of you mm-hmm. to get your sleep agreed um next tip avoid the casino um <laughs> it's like highway robbery oh my there. gosh this was insane i've never seen a better run out of a dealer oh my gosh so uh ann and i we were not too fond of gambling like it's not like we don't do it often or anything like that um and my dad brought some gambling money for us so we were like of course we're gonna do it with you so and and you know we would have paid him back a little bit of course um so we jump on the table and i lost 24 out of 27 hands playing by the book blackjack like i i know what i'm doing in blackjack and sometimes you just don't get the the cards but it was unreal i mean i feel like the dealer hit 21 to put this in perspective, my dad got 25 times and won one time. I mean... It was ridiculous. I, I was like, "There's no, th- this has to be somehow rigged. Like, and if you know anything about Blackjack, when the dealer's showing a six and the other card's down, that is when the dealer's weakest. And you look to take advantage of that all the time. Every time the dealer had a six, he'd pull into a four or five and then a 10. Mm-hmm. Without fail. Yeah. And it was brutal. We ended up, we got our butts kicked there for a second. And then we went back down another night and we won all of our money back with an equally incredible run for us. Which was amazing. Which was amazing and kind of a blessing. But we wouldn't recommend it. I mean, these these cruise ships, they have to make... Oh, they make bank off the casino. Oh, I can't even imagine. And I would just just chalk it up to avoid the casino. Yeah. (laughs) Don't go. Or just, you know, limit yourself to how much you... Are willing to with. lose. No, yes. are willing to lose. Yes, not yeah, gamble. You're paying to play. That's yeah. it. You don't expect to make a profit. Exactly. Um, the next tip: go to the shows. We saw a magic show and we saw a comedian. comedian. Mm-hmm. The magic show I thought was incredible. His name was Joseph Rayom, and he did an awesome job. Um, I was blown away by some of the tricks. It he was did. incredible. And one thing that I really liked too was he was. He was he would crack jokes and make it very entertaining. He made fun of magicians mm-hmm. when he was a magician. It was really fun. Yeah, it was good. It was, I loved that. And then the comedian. The comedian was great. He did not cuss, mm-hmm. and I think it's incredible when someone can be hilarious without using foul language. True. And I think that's a true, you know, somebody who can 
who has some serious talent can do that, and he did that. Um, Paul Morrissey? Paul Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was funny. He's been on David Letterman. He's been on a, a bunch of yeah. cool late-night shows. So both these guys were pretty famous, and we saw him on the cruise ship and said hi to him, and they were and both they're super so nice. And they're so nice. Yeah, they're really cool. So go to the shows. We got a lot out of them. They were only an hour long or so, but it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, tip number five. Um, workout times and eating times. Go at off hours. Mm-hmm. So as we were leaving Glacier Bay... We were like, okay, everyone's in the room. We're on the top deck watching Glacier Bay. We've, we, we're on our way out. We're about an hour from being done with it. Let's go work out now. <laughs> so if you're going to work out and do stuff like that, the, the mm-hmm. workout room is packed. It's packed. So go, all during, the go during lunch, too. That's another thing. We, we tried to hit lunch hours when people were eating. And then um, we would go to the latest possible lunch after we'd work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just enhanced us i we are not one for lines or a lot of inconvenience we don't like crowds at all yeah it's just tough for us and um it was really good we recommend go to eat at off hours and go work out at off hours if you're going to go work out tip uh number six have patience um everything has a line Mm-hmm. And if you're not patient, you could become crusty real quick. Yes, true. Um, and just remember you're with people that you love and you get to hang out and be on a cruise. And um, man, patience is key because you're dealing with people that are different than you. Mm-hmm. And Come, all, yeah, from all around the world. Around the world and, yeah. um, and like we hit on earlier, you start seeing the same people like as the seven days go on. Um, even when you're on a cruise of how many? 2,000 people. people. Um, and it is easy to, it's easy to get frustrated or just with crowds and, and honestly get judgmental of people. And so just, yeah, have patience and have enjoy patience. it. Have patience and enjoy it. That's, that's really good. And our last tip is don't get Wi-Fi. Um, this really enhanced our trip because you get notifications when you're at port cities but we were probably we only had service probably 10 hours um of the entire trip it felt like and it was really nice to like kind of just go without your phone and really be intentional with the people that you were with and i loved it i did too um especially i'm i'm really personally i'm really bad about keeping up with email not necessarily responding but checking it um for work when I'm on vacation and that I just wasn't really given the ability to do that. And it was, it was so, it was just really nice for us to both unplug completely for those days and enjoy where we were. Cause it was so beautiful. Yeah. I feel like we didn't wish any time away or anything like that. I felt like we were, we were where our feet were. Um, I felt like the seven days felt like seven days. Um, and I think for me, trips go so fast sometimes because I, I miss them often because I'm on my phone or, you know, I'm I'm more excited for the day ahead, or I'm I'm not very cognizant of where I'm at, and I felt like I I got so much out of this trip because I was where my feet were at. Um, so again, tips: get a veranda. Don't be below the the buffet Market, food place. Yeah. Avoid the casinos. Go to the shows. Uh, plan your workout times and your eating times on off hours. Have patience and don't get Wi-Fi. Um, if you want to follow 
my wife on Instagram. She's at Ann Massad. Um, and she, like I said, she does an awesome job on social media. I do okay. I try. You do great. You do great. Sure. That's why I only have like 112 followers. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Or you can follow me at MassWorld14 on Instagram or at Massed14 on Twitter. But that wraps up our show. Um, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Masses World. Again, instead of rating, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast, I ask that you share it with one person that might like to hear it. Thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you next time.